Coming up. When the people feel like they have sufficient leadership, they feel safer. They feel like they'll be guarded and protected. We have to understand that. And we also have to understand, well, how does this relate to your Christian walk? It relates because you are in spiritual battle. You're in spiritual war. I don't care how good things feel right now. You got to understand that you're in spiritual war. And you need some counselors, some leaders, some folks that can help guide you and look out for you and protect you and give you advice, share their thoughts and all those kinds of things so that you can deal with this war you in better. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Here's a fact. Whether you see yourself this way or not, you are a leader. Have you identified those who are watching and following you? Join us for the continuation of the message series, Evidence of a Leader, where we'll look at leadership through the lens of God's Word. Here's Pastor Robert with the final part of the message, In the Absence of a Leader. But I guarantee you, if they see you as a threat, They probably ain't saying nothing nice. Right or wrong, that's just the way it is. So I would recommend that you be wise. I told y'all before, on my job, I ain't never smiled this much in my life. I'm telling you, I'm serious. I ain't never smiled this much. I'm not a natural smiler. That's, That's not me, but I'm turning into one. I'm serious. Because I know, you know, I come from Sobrani Park, East Oakland. And, and, you, and if, if, if I let it out, you can see it in my walk. You can hear it in my talk that I came from where I came from. It's, you know, and, if, and, 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 and I had somebody tell me some years ago, and I didn't realize this, because I was talking to them about some interaction I had and how people was treating me, and they was like, Rob, you don't realize you people, you are a threat. Look at you. You're tall. Your voice is heavy. You know, your walk, the way you walk. And I was like, oh, really? Because I didn't see myself as that. And I always wondered why people call me Big Rob. I don't get that. I was like, I don't feel like I'm big at all. But everybody, hey, what's up, Big Rob? I'm going like, I, I, I told you, I think I told y'all, I was little. I was little when I was 13. I was 4'11". Well, when I was 12, I was 4'11". Yeah, and then came that growth spurt thing. Exactly. I told y'all about that. When, when, you know, at, at the age of 14, I, my growth spurt kicked in. I was always known as Lil Robbie up until I was 14. Everybody called me Lil Robbie. Then I, my growth spurt came, and now all of a sudden, so understand, for the first 14 years of my life, I'm thinking I'm little. So when somebody tell me Big Rob, I'm going like, what are you talking about? I had, to, I had to recondition my thinking about myself and make some adjustments because it's not my intention for you to see me coming and feel fear. And it's not justified, you know, but still it's the way it is. People get to say that's the way it is. So I, I smile. I walk a little slower, cause usually if when I'm when I'm feeling good, 
I got this little strut. I start kind of waddle, you know, waddling, and you know, my arms be swinging. And I didn't realize that somebody tell me, Rob, you why you why you walk like that? I'm like, walk like what? This is just my the way I walk. And then they was they they started emulating me. I said, I walk like that. They said, Yeah. I said, Oh, really? And because my arms be swinging when I'm feeling good, my arms are swinging. I'm strutting, and uh, you know, my whole I'm just swung. and so now I I, I walk. I, I changed my walk. I walk slower and I walk more composed. I come through the office in my in my sports jacket, you know, like this. <laughs> good morning, good morning. How you doing? Good, good. Oh, I like this shirt. That's that's good. Nice looking. You know, just trying to disarm people. Cause and then I have a natural, a natural meme mug. So I don't realize that I'm projecting things that make people be afraid. Somebody had to tell me that. And then once they told me, I made some adjustments because that's not what I want people to feel when I'm around. Okay. And that's wisdom. And I can tell you, that I think this contributes to you know, having success on the job. Because now when people talk to you, they, don't, they talk to you from a different vantage point. So it takes its wisdom to disarm people. And you can't, <laughs> you can't get so, become such a stickler on what's right and not understand what is and not make adjustments for what is. Let me give you an example. Of an, it's an extreme one of what you need to do. Okay, you had a stop, you had a street light. The street light for you turns green, or it's about to, because the, the other one goes yellow, you saw it. So you know it's about to turn green for you. But you also see this car coming from the other direction. And you know with that light turning yellow at the speed it's coming, it's not gonna be able to stop and it's gonna go through this light on a red, on its red, while yours is green. It's your right to go. Okay, you got the right to go. Legally, you can enter the intersection. So are you gonna be so much of a stickler on what's right, or are you gonna save your life and let that car go even though it's wrong? That's wisdom. So don't be so stuck on right that you are unwise in your living. Meaning, when folks do things wrong and you fighting for what they didn't treat me right. There are, there are people who have killed and been killed by not being wise. Sticking on trying to they shouldn't have done that, but they did it, and they're keeping it. They're still doing it. So wisdom says to make some decisions that will keep you safe. Because, again, when people get fearful and insecure, they will do and say anything. And some of that can negatively impact you. So we have to be wise. And that's what happened here. He's, the king is fearful. First Samuel, uh, uh, King Saul had this problem. First Samuel 13, 11 and 12 says, uh, 
uh, uh, the prophet Samuel says to Saul, what have you done? Because Saul had done something he shouldn't have done and asked Samuel. Saul replied, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me, fear, at Gilgal, and I have, I have not sought the Lord's favor, so I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. He wasn't supposed to be offering burnt offerings. <laughs> he stepped outside of his bounds, the bounds that God set. That was Samuel's job, okay? the priest's job. Um, and God got mad about that. So he stepped out of his bounds because of fear, because he felt threatened. Because the leader wasn't there. And he was, he was the king. He should have known better. That, now, you don't do that. That's not the decision to make. And this is why we got to develop our leadership skills so that we can make better, we can make leader-like decisions. <laughs> not make immature, fearful decisions. But make wise decisions. And so he messed up in his decision making because of fear. Proverbs 24, 26 says, for by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. So the text is telling us, and you can substitute counselors for leaders, multitude of leaders, there's safety. This is something you need to understand as a, as a leader, is that when the people feel like they have sufficient leadership, they feel safer. They feel like they'll be guarded and protected. And so uh, uh, we have to understand that. And we also have to understand, well, how does this relate to your Christian walk? It relates because you are in spiritual battle. You're in spiritual war. I don't care how good things feel right now. You got to understand that you're in spiritual war. And you need some counselors, some leaders, some folks that can help guide you and look out for you and protect you and give you advice, share their thoughts and all those kinds of things so that you can deal with this war you in better. And there's safety when you feel like you got all the advisors that you need. The fifth thing that can happen in the absence of a leader is the people become vulnerable to the attacks of others. The people become vulnerable to the attacks of others. Exodus 1.11 says, therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. So the king that didn't know Joseph came up with this dumb plan <laughs> that caused the nation to fall because it undermined all the, the methodologies and strategies that Joseph had established that were working. And now Egypt and Israel are at each other. And he's afflicting the people. Dumb move. And y'all know the story. God eventually sends Moses and they lose their whole workforce. <laughs> okay. God, go get some. Take them out. Right. And it, it goes all bad. And then they drown in the Red Sea on top of that, at that king's orders. <laughs> Y'all, 
Some, something's not right here. At the king's orders. All right. So, this brings us to another question we need to ask. After we see that when a leader's absent, some bad things can happen. So we ask the question, write this down, how should the church help the people? How should the church help the people? I want to give you three things that we can do. Number one, pray for God to send more servant leaders. Pray for God to send more servant leaders. Matthew 9, 37 and 38. This is Jesus talking again. After he was, he looked at the crowd. He saw that they were weary and scattered because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He goes on and says this. He says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, understand, you know, we use this kind of loosely in a way at times, and it's inclusive of just sending workers and servers, but it's not just normal servers. Remember, Jesus said the people were like they had no shepherd. So what he's really saying is pray that more shepherds would come. Okay, that's what he's really saying, because that's what he saw was people without shepherds. So we're going to pray that he will send more servant leaders. Into the harvest. So we need to pray for that. As I said earlier in the series, all of us, if you're a child of God, you're a believer, you are a leader by default. You're a leader. I don't care what you feel like, you won because you have been called to be salt of the earth and the light of the world. That's leadership. So we need to be developing our leadership skills. Every single believer, every single believer need to be doing it. Okay. And so he says pray. Pray about it. Um, number two, what, uh, how should the church? Uh, how should the church help the people? Number two, show the people we care, so they will care about who we know. Show the people we care, so they would care about who we know. John Maxwell said this. He says, "The people don't care what you know." until they know that you care. <laughs> the people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Matthew 9, 35 and 36a goes on and says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. So we see Jesus modeling what to do. He's ministering to the people. He's teaching the people about the kingdom and meeting their felt needs. That's what the church should do. Minister to the needs of the people. Interesting thing, right after Jesus made these statements about praying that the Lord of the harvest would send more laborers. The text goes into verse 1 of chapter 10, and it says this on your paper. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority 
to drive out impure spirits, to heal every disease and sickness. Y'all got that? <laughs> he told them to pray, and then immediately he gave them authority to go minister and meet people's needs. Do, do, do you realize that you have authority? You, you don't have to wait for permission. You don't really have to pray about it either. You don't have to pray about a need you see somebody have and meeting it. You ain't got to pray about that. You know why? Because Jesus has already given you, already given you authority. He's already given you authority to minister to the needs of people. Right? You have it. And then verse 7 says, Jesus said to them, as you go, proclaim this message. So as you're ministering to the people, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. <laughs> Minister to them and give them the message that the kingdom of heaven is here. It's near. <laughs> Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons, he says to them. Immediately after he told them to pray for more workers, he authorized them. He deputized them. He gave them the power to go out. And minister to the needs of these weary, scattered folks, these helpless folks, these folks that didn't know what to do or where to go. He said, go minister to them. I asked you earlier, have you seen it? You didn't answer, but I can see on your face like, yeah, I've seen it. Go minister to the people. Meet their needs. Tell them about the kingdom. This is what Jesus says. He's given us authority to minister and proclaim the kingdom of God. And number three, how should the church help the people? Number three, use our God-given gifts, abilities, and resources for the cause. Use our God-given gifts. Abilities and resources for the cause. Jesus says in that same conversation uh, in um, Matthew 10, B, 10, 8, B, he says, freely you have received. Freely give. Freely you have received. You have received gifts abilities, resources, you've been giving it freely. See, some of y'all might say, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know my gift. I don't know what I have. I don't know what I receive. Let me help you a little bit. Just, just help you a little bit. Don't, don't, don't overthink it. Don't, don't overthink it. Um, and I'm going to tell you why you don't overthink it. Because James 1.17 says this, um, every good and perfect gift. Is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. Let me help you a little bit. You freely give, for you've been freely given, freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. The text says every gift, every good gift came down from God. 
Can, you need some more help? You still don't see what you got, what you have received yet? You don't know? You don't know what you received? Anything that you would call good, <laughs> anything that you have that you would say, okay, I'm, it's good that I got that. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Anything that you have that you would say it is good that I have it came from God. Freely you received, freely give. Let me list a few things for you that you could give uh, um, that you have that I think you would call good. Number one, a sound mind. A sound mind. Huh? You, you got that freely. You didn't generate that yourself and you ain't keeping it yourself because you can lose your mind, you know, at any time you can lose your mind. Okay? You could lose your mind. And some of us have, you know. <laughs> have lost our mind you know and we glad it came back you know <laughs> yeah I told you I, you know I had three brain surgeries a couple years ago and and my family tell me because I had this blood pooling in my head a subdural hematoma and and I, I was losing my mind they was talk to me and I would hesitate I wouldn't talk back you know I was Walking slow, my mind, you know, was, I wasn't remembering stuff, you know, just, y'all, 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 y'all hear what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, it, it, it could have been lights out for a brother. Could have been lights out. Had three surgeries. After the first one, uh, the, the, they, the, my family said they noticed right away when I came out of surgery and I came to, I was back to my old self. They noticed it right away. But then some hours later, when the blood came back into my brain, they saw me drifting back to that other person. And they said, something's wrong, doc. They went and checked me. They found out, yeah, the blood was back. They had to go into surgery again. Came out again, my back to my old self. And then um, the, two days later, they, they started noticing signs and the blood came back again. And they were saying, doc, what's going on? I was losing my mind. So I know what it's like to lose your mind and to get it back. <laughs> My family know what it's like to love somebody who's lost their mind and got it back and lost it again. <laughs> Sound mind. What about a, a pleasant smile you got? A pleasant smile. Everybody tell you, I love your smile, a beautiful smile. The dentist say, oh, your, your smile is good, you know. Yeah, give you a good report. Oh, so, so use it. Use your good smile. Smile at somebody. Who's going through some hard times. Give them a pleasant look. You would call it good. You smiling all the time. You're doing selfies. You know, always smiling at yourself. Smile at somebody else instead of at yourself. Because you calling it good, obviously, because I see it on you posting it all the time. So show somebody that. Share it with somebody. Bless somebody with a wonderful smile. Anything you would call good, use it. Freely you received it. Freely give it. What about able hands and feet? The fact that you can use your hands and walk around. What about a working car? What about eyes that can see, ears that can hear? The list is long. You got a lot of good stuff that you can freely give because you freely received it. And then in addition to that, if that wasn't enough, God says, I'm going to give y'all something special. 
Each and every one of y'all who call you who's a child, who's my child, I'm going to give you something special from me, a special gift. They call it gifts of the Spirit. He said, I'm going to give you a gift from the Spirit, special gift. Every believer got at least one of them. And Romans 12, 6 through 8 says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. What you waiting on? <laughs> then prophesy. It goes on in accordance with your faith. Prophesy. And verse 7 says, if, if, it, is, if, you, if it is serving, then serve. <laughs> if God has given you the gift of service, serve. It goes on. If it is teaching, then teach. What you waiting on? Teach. I've already authorized you to go do it. Then it reads on. If it is encouragement, then give encouragement. Y'all see the thens? You say, oh, you got the gift? Well, then do it. You got the gift? Then do it. You got the gift? Then do it. You don't need to. <laughs> You've been authorized already. If it is giving, then give generously, it says. And if it is leading, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Do it. Freely you've received. Freely give. God is telling us. Because the people are weary and scattered. Confused, aimless, hurting, dispirited, distressed, harassed, helpless, don't know where to go and where and don't know what to do and where to go to get help. That's why you do it. Just like Christ did. Lead, my brothers and sisters, lead. Develop your leadership abilities and go out and do something about the pain that we see in the world. You're authorized by God. God bless you. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God, and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, 
subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at QuenchLifeCF to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. Leave a legacy that is approved by God. Uh-huh. I, I hope you're thinking about your legacy leaving right now. So whatever you had in mind, I don't know what you, you might have already written some things in your will that you was going to leave and to who you was going to leave it to. Um, I, I, I think you might need after hold on to that for until this message is done so that you can run it through these guidelines and see if it, fit, <laughs> if it fits into the guidelines here. But I would hope that whatever you're doing, that you sought God's approval. Thank you for listening.